Bye. So it's interesting. We're having a child dedication, and uh, we just had another, you know, major tragedy in the schools in our country this week. I want to talk about uh, like a new, something new this week. We went seven weeks on making disciples. I hope all of you are open to sharing your faith and. Uh, letting the gospel go out to those people that are around you, and we'll all be watching how God reaches more people. I just want to re read a couple scriptures about our present world. God tells us about what's going on. This is Second Timothy three one through five. I think how relevant God's word is to you know our life and the real uh, the real world we live in. Paul wrote, "Know this." That in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters and proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, unloving and unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors and headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such, turn away. It's interesting, you know, we've been talking a lot the last few weeks about the power of the gospel and how the gospel message, when it comes in, it changes our lives. But the gospel is powerful as the word of God continually is there to change us and to conform us and to restrain us and get us really on a path that's more spiritually centered, more focused on Jesus, and having more of a, a specific uh, value in seeing people come to Christ and us looking maybe farther ahead than just looking to what's going on around us. Jude also wrote in the context of of Timothy's message. And Jude was James' brother, and you know, James was the half-brother of Jesus. So in Jude 3, Jude writes, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation... I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. And it's interesting, again, that reference to that common salvation that comes to us through the message of the, of the cross and the message of Jesus Christ. We receive Christ, our spirit is born again, and we are all examples who have received Christ of that power of God that saves us, and we have the eternal life. But he's talking about each one of us contending for our individual faith in the things that God wants to do now, the things he wants us to act in obedience to, the things that he wants to change in our life, even the readjusting of our priorities and keeping Jesus first. We, it all takes a belief and a faith in God, and it all takes the power of the word of God operating in our lives. Jude 17 through 21 Jude's talking to Christians, talking to believers, talking to those who have bought in to the salvation message and have been born again spiritually. My dear friends, he says, you must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ said. They told you that in the last days there would be scoffers, those whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's Spirit in them. But you, dear friends, must build each other 
up in the most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, and await for the mercy of God through Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. I think it's so important that we maintain our prayer, increase our prayer, praying for ourselves, our families, but also praying for your brothers and sisters that you're connected to, praying for those that God would reveal that they need prayer. And as you pray, you kind of provide this protective hedge and you provide the, out, the, uh, the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to even speak to people. Because when God puts someone on your heart and you pray for them, you're bringing the Holy Spirit around them, just like you're ordering something online. You're, you're bringing uh, a resource center to come and, and, and answer what you're, you're asking to happen. Verse 22, it says, And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that are contaminated their lives. And it just shows that soberness that we have as we encourage people to follow the Lord and even sometimes uh, are really grabbing someone that's really out there that we be careful not judging them and be careful that we don't fall into temptation or, or, or get, get just uh, pull, pulled away from our faith in Jesus Christ. It's interesting that we're all vulnerable in this, in this life, and so we need each other so desperately. I just want to pray right now. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for today and for just this service. Lord, I thank you for the parents. I thank you for every person here. And Lord, because we're here and because we want our faith in you developed and we want to be able to keep hearing from you and not just be religious, we're asking and acknowledging your Holy Spirit to speak to us, to just sharpen our sensitivity a little bit more today. You said we are uh, being renewed day by day in our new in, in, inward man in that place where we receive you and we're born again. We ask for a building. We ask that you would help us even take control over our nature, over ourself that ourself would be able to come and surrender to the activity of your Holy Spirit and your work in our lives. I pray for the peace of God to fall on this congregation, Lord, because we're living in these perilous times. We're living against the things that are constantly being happening in our world and happening in our, even in our country. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would protect us, that we would not come under fear. But you, you warned us that we were going to live in these perilous times. You and your disciples walked through times. You yourself, Lord, they tried to throw you down a hill. They tried to stone you. Lord, even the disciples at different times were raised up from, uh, from stonings and beatings. And I'm asking a preservation over this house, over these people. I'm asking that you would lift off fear and anxiety and worry and apprehension, even the fear parents have over their children. I pray you'd protect our kids, but Lord, you'd get a hold of their hearts and you'd get a hold of their will. We're asking, Father, that you would cause us to walk in a wisdom, Lord, that we would be wise, Lord, as we're walking through our day to be sensitive to you if you want to stop us or correct us or keep us back from something that's going to cause us to be in harm's way. We're asking us, Lord, we're asking you to help our faith to become strong. God, help us in our own way to be able to pursue that faith that was once delivered to the saints, that faith that is an overcoming faith, that faith that is a believing faith, no matter what we go through, no matter what we face. I ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Pour out the great grace and love of God on us. Let us not be ruled by fear. Let us not be ruled by worry. And let us not hold back because of fear and worry of being the disciples you're calling us to be. 
I'm asking for this message to hit us right where we're at, that we might have an understanding today of what you're doing and what you've given us. God, I ask it in Jesus' name. Again, the title of my message today is God and the Word Measure. It has to do with our faith and our relating to God. The definition of measure out of the Greek is called metron, and it means a limit, a portion, a degree, or a measure. The Webster's defines measure as a quantity and a portion. I know there's the other definitions of measure, but I want to focus on that word metron because it has to do with the measure that God gives us. In our first um, verse, well, I, I want to give you this uh, kind of like this quote. Metron is a Greek word commonly translated as measure. It means a portioned off section, a boundary that has been set, a parameter that should not be exceeded. A metron is a measure of capacity or limit. It is an assignment, a scope of ministry, grace, and ministry influences within the limits of appointed lines drawn by God. And I want us to focus on that, that God... Think of it. When the gospel message came to us by the word of God, that powerful word of God brought us Jesus and we responded to it. There was a measure that came to us to respond to the gospel. And God gives us, the first measure he gives us is faith. He draws us by his love. We commit and accept that what Jesus did on the cross. We accept that he took all of our sins, everything that we've ever done wrong or could done wrong, and he suffered in his body on the, on the cross to pay for our sins. And he, when we received him, he deposits a measure of faith. He deposits trust in the word of God. And that measure that he's given to us is all that we need. When you think of portions, and I know, uh, I guess Shelly's going to be talking about portions and stuff like that in her nutrition class. You know, usually we think we need more. And oftentimes Satan tells us we don't have enough faith or, or you know, we need more. But really when God gives you a portion of something, it's all you need. And you need to stretch it, you need to uh, look at it, you need to trust it, and you need to let God stretch that faith in you. Because from faith will come the other measures that God gives us, and those measures are our gifts. Those specific abilities that are spiritual, in which we exercise our faith in God, and which we influence even other people from our gift. And it's those gifts that uh, as we gather together, as we link together as this body where God has planted us together is where we grow. But we come more effect, become more effective in our measure as we're connected to each other and that, as that measure has a place to flow. Again, just like electricity, you have to have a closed circuit. That means all the wires have to be connected. All the switches have to be closed so that the contacts are, are connecting with the wires and so electricity flows. You open the circuit any, any place and the electricity stops. If we are not connected in these days, there's a power loss, there's a gift loss in our, our being able to function and flow together. So I really believe God is trying to build his body. Again, if the world is getting so dark and these perilous times are getting worse and worse, we need to flow and, uh, and be effective in our, in our faith, in our encouragement of each other as we gather together so that when we go out, we're going out full of faith and then we when we interact together and we minister together, there's a powerful flow of the Holy Spirit that causes us to use the measure of who God has made us to be and what's going on inside of us. I think the part of this quote that I really love is a metron is a measure of capacity or limit. 
and hopefully you'll see it as we go through the, the limits. Jesus was called to be the, the one who died on the cross for, for our sins. Remember in different conversations through the Gospels, Jesus said, I can only do what the Father has called me to do. He had a specific mission. And his measure that was from God was specifically addressed to all that he went through. Again, he came to die on that cross. That was the end. When he died on that cross, that was the end of his measure. He was doing the most fulfilling thing, dying for our sins that we might come into this relationship with God, our spirits being alive and born again. And when he died, he said, it is finished. When he finished, he used his full portion, his full measure of ministry, his full calling. And we know it. he started off as a little boy, he was a carpenter. He grew up, it says that he, was, uh, he grew up and he, he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. That means he grew in the understanding of his measure, both physically, emotionally, mentally, and he grew in his ministry and his portion of measure as, uh, as to be a, a minister of God, as to be that priest, as to be that rabbi who was bringing the truth to people, who was bringing the living word of God and faith to people who would again buy in to who Jesus was and buy into a relationship with the Father and have begin to understand who they are spiritually, begin to use their spiritual gifts. I'm excited. I don't know about you guys. God's gift is a measure of faith. In Romans 12, 3, Paul wrote, I say through the grace given to me. Again, Paul was operating in his metron. He was operating in his measure. He was persecuting the church at first, but when he met Jesus, that encounter on the road changed him. And he came into this place and he grew over a period of time. And even that 14 years being on the backside where he was learning and being re-instructed and re-nurtured and rebooted, remodeled, whatever you want to call it, restored. When he came into his fullness and began to operate as an apostle, he was operating in his measure. He was operating in the portion that God had called him to, to be able to use and be effective for the kingdom of God. So that was the grace measure. Again, we always talk about grace. Grace is the power to use what God has given you. Grace is the power to use the faith God gave you. And you say, well, I I don't feel like I have faith for much at all. If you believe Jesus died on the cross for you, if you've asked him to come into your heart, you have faith. Now you've got to begin to take that faith and apply it in other areas. You've got to begin to keep growing and looking at what God is trying to, to get you to do. And I know sometimes it's frustrating because in the ways that God is wanting to move, they feel uncomfortable. They feel like this is going to be a whole new area. This is going to be a stretching. This is going to be too much for me. I, I'm busy. I, I can't do this. But when you begin to step out and you begin to give yourself to your measure, to your metron, to your calling, to that portion that God's giving you, there comes faith. Your faith, again, comes into that place where it's being stretched and then it's being applied into another area which you haven't applied it in. And then you find yourself growing. You find yourself operating in this area where, wait, what's going on? Something is rising up in me. Something else is coming out of me that I've never seen before. That's the activity of the Holy Spirit in the measure, in your purpose, and what God's calling you to do. So that grace, that grace. Paul said he, it was through the grace given to him. To everyone who is among you, again, his audience who was hearing the message, who was hearing the truth. And he says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Again, don't be under this thing. I don't have enough faith. Go back. Thank you, Jesus. You said, I have a measure of faith. That's enough for me. That's enough for me. And as you learn to stretch that, that level, that measure of faith, your faith will increase. 
it'll increase in different areas. It'll give you confidence to do things normally you'd be afraid of doing. Like me, 15 years almost doing this. I have a confidence now to do this. I don't have a fear. I have a little bit of anxiety sometimes because I'm not sure how God's going to come through. And He doesn't come through until I step up. Sometimes I'm sitting there, oh my, I don't feel like you're even here today. But when I get up, He comes on the scene. He rises up in my spirit. Why? Because I have a measure. I have called to stand in this place to be a pastor. I've called to stand and give the word of the Lord to you. I've I've stand here because I'm called to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to move. And so I step out in faith when I walk up these stairs. It's harder for me now because I have more stairs to come up. There's more unbelief. There's more doubt. And when I get to here, then the metron, it steps out because why? I step out in faith. God wants me to do this. It's not always been easy, but I step out into the uncomfortable and then the measure, then the portion begins to uh, come out because the Holy Spirit, I'm depending on the Holy Spirit. I'm not depending on me because in myself, I'm weak. I don't want to be seen. I want to hide out in the back. I want to be in low, down low. So he's given to each one of us a measure of faith. That's what he wants to keep developing. He wants us to use it. That's why God doesn't do everything for us. That's why we go through times of struggling and praying and seeking and wondering and asking and waiting, and, but we keep pressing through. Why? He's trying to get us to step out. I think a lot of times we know how to step out. We know where God wants us to step out, but we're afraid to step out. And, we, and we're wondering, God, give me more faith. He's saying, I'm not going to give you any more faith because you're not using what you got anyway. A definition of God's grace. It's God's free, spontaneous, absolute favor and loving kindness. It's an ability that comes from God. Again, you know, we want so much done for us. And we all love to be served. God serves us, but then he gives us, he does everything for us, but then he allows us to use our will in that place of stepping out on the water. And I think it's just like that for every one of us. When we step out into our gifts, it's like stepping out onto the water. It's stepping out in a place where you know it's not you. And God, if you don't come through, I'm going to fall flat on my face. But that's where he wants you to go. Our key verse is Ephesians 4, 7. Paul wrote to the church, To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So you have a gift of grace. Your faith is going to help you operate the measure of your gift and what God has given you. God is going to help you develop whatever that measure is. And yes, it's going to feel scary. It's going to feel so much bigger than you are. But it's where God is going to cause you to grow in this confidence because it's so much bigger than who you are apart from God. To me, the portion of grace is like the size of the battery needed to power a device. You know, some of our devices take little tiny batteries. You know, the grace of God that he's given you, it's big enough to power that gift. That place where you're thinking, oh, I'm scared. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to be there for me. You've got enough. Your battery's big enough. You can do it. The Spirit comes without measure. Power is a portion to the exercise of the gift. In John 3.34, John the Baptist said, For he whom God has sent, talking about Jesus, he speaks the words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. Isn't that great to know? That God gives me a measure, a proportion of what my gift is, but the Spirit to operate that gift, the Spirit that's going to move through my faith, is unlimited. That, isn't, that, isn't that a powerful thing? The Spirit of God is unlimited to us. 
there's, he knows we need the power. He knows that we've got to step out in faith to use our gift, but he knows once we get there, we need power. That's why it's so important to just be praising God and thanking God, especially when you're about to use your gift and you want to step out, to be thanking God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That's why we spend so much time praying. That's why we have intercessors praying. That's why we worship. Why? Because we're bringing the atmosphere of God's presence. He's in us, but we've got to keep filling ourselves up. We've got to keep activating what's going on in our heart. We've got to get our senses, uh, you know, down so that they're kind of calmed down so we can be tuned in to our heart, to our spirit, where the Holy Spirit resides and where the power continually fills us over and over again. We need to be refreshed. We constantly need to be filled. We're human. We leak out. You know, we're, we get angry. We get frustrated. We're dealing with an old nature. So we need the continued upload of the Holy Spirit, that power. So the Holy Spirit comes without measure. The grace measure is the favor of God assigned to us to be successful in a specific place. Wow, isn't that incredible? It's, it's a sign. There's an assignment of grace to us. There's an assignment of God's power. There's an assignment of a gift so that we can be successful in a specific place. You know what, really, when we begin to really understand our gifts, it kind of helps us from being everything. You know, sometimes when we don't know what we're supposed to do, we're involved in a lot of things, but that's part of growing. And especially as you're part of a local church and you keep growing, you may serve, you may do different things, but God is always moving you through this continuum of growth to get you to a specific place where he wants to operate something through you. And I, I have to say, I haven't done hardly anything in this remodel. God has been continually refocusing me and my gifts. And mine are more in the pastoral and more in the, the studying and praying than they've been in the past. In the past, I was, deli- I was de- involved with so much practical. But God, because of my growth over the years, over again, being planted in a local church, being obedient to God, again, growing my spirit so I'm having a greater and greater sensitivity of what God wants. I'm being honed in. Uh, uh, hopefully, I will be around a few more years longer. I would like to be like Jesus. I would like to get on the other side and I have fulfilled my, my portion, my measure. That's where, the, that's where um, it says, you know, sometimes people are going to be grieving at the other side. Why? Because they get to the other side and they say, oh, no. You know, that, re- that realization, I could have I done more. And I think that's what we're trying to do when we come together. We're trying to just kind of restructure and, and reshape re, um, ourselves into putting God as a priority. Why? Because we don't want to get into eternity realizing there was so much more I could have I been and done for Jesus. This world, too bad, it has just a, you know, 100 years, if you can make it 104, 110, whatever, it has, it has a limit. But if Jesus is first, and we're growing spiritually, and we're understanding what our gifts are, then there becomes a, a greater fulfillment because we're doing what God wants us to do. Grace is the power of our gift measure. Ephesians four twelve and through, through 13. And Jesus himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, that's our goal too. We can't be going after God and, and having our relationship of love with Him and not accomplishing all the purposes. Yes, we are maturing in this whole process, he's trying to make us totally like Jesus. And that could be scary because, you know, we're aware of our weaknesses, our failures, and we, we sometimes even 
the enemy uses those things to keep us from following Jesus and being dependent on him and, you know, even doing because he's trying to get us discouraged. But when you think, as I learn to use my portion, my gifts, my ministry, then also that is part of that that process where I am gaining and growing in my maturity level and how God's developed me, making me become like Jesus. You know, Romans 8.39 says that we're being conformed to the image of Christ. When true grace is in operation upon you, whatever is supposed to happen through you will happen. Man, that takes a lot of pressure off us. So many times, I think, so many times in my life too, I was trying to be a better Christian, trying to work my gifts. And almost like you, you get to the end of yourself, when you get to the end of yourself, you kind of like hit the wall and you kind of let go. And that's where the Holy Spirit kind of like takes over and you realize, oh, okay, I was banging my head, but that's really my, my ability, my power. And when you come in and settle into this grace of God, God begins to do it. And you just be able to, you're, you just kind of be able to switch gears and let the Holy Spirit work through you. You have to know the seasons and the timing of your gift. In Galatians 4, 4 through 5, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might become the adoption of sons. And isn't it interesting that Jesus had a time slot to be born and then to use his gifts? He didn't hurriedly rush into it. And remember, even the story at the, at the wedding of Canaan, you know, his mom was trying to get him into the ministry, and he was just waiting. He was just waiting for the right moment. And then God launched him. And I think that's that thing, too, again, of knowing the grace of God. Again, you're not being passive, but you're actively serving God. You're actively pursuing Jesus. You're walking in your relationship. But, but that may, may mean not much changes in your life. Maybe you're working at the same job. You're in the same relationships, but you're tracking. You're, you're putting spiritual things into your life. You're growing. And in that place of growth, just like you have your plants rooted, in the right season, you begin to come into another place where you're using your measure, where almost like the, the light comes on and you realize, hey, I'm supposed to be doing this. And you step out, you start doing it. I saw that in my 20s when I really felt like I had always worked in the practical realm. And I felt like, God, I think it's time to do something maybe a little bit more spiritual. And I remember being in that prayer room and just praying at a, on a Saturday night meeting. And, you know, Eric Smith was taking people into juvenile hall. And I said, God, I really feel like you want me to go there. And I said, if you want me to go there, help them to ask me. After the prayer meeting, Eric comes right to me. He goes, you know, we're doing juvenile hall ministry. Would you like to get involved? I started. I was there for 10 years. You know, it's like when God, when God opens your door, yeah, it's just a little scary. It's a little scary, but it's okay to ask God. God, if this is where you want, God, open the door. And then when you begin to step, you begin to see how God keeps using your measure and keeps giving you a confidence in the things he's calling you to do. Jesus' gift measure. It functioned by grace. In John 1, 14 through 18, John the Apostle writes, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. We receive grace, which is God's power and ability and favor, and we know we're loved and accepted, 
And then we launch out and we give out that grace because it's become something that resides in us, something we're experiencing, something we know, something we're living in, something that's changing us. And so then we have this confidence rise up in our spirit and we begin to give grace to people. We begin to impart the ability for people to experience God, the people to encounter God and see the very work that's gone on in our life begin to change the people around us. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. God, through Jesus, revealed to the world who God was. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is revealed to people through the grace that's flowing out of our lives. I'm in trouble here today. Your measure, Ephesians 4.16 I really believe because of what the Word of God says and just seen it in my own life that our measure does not fully, we don't ever really come into our measure unless we're connected to the body. Ephesians 4.16 From Jesus, the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part makes increase of the body into the edifying itself in love. Compacted. That's a word, if you're planning into this church, you're not going to like. Because compacted means someone's going to come alongside you that's going to irritate you. It, they're going to they're push you beyond your comfort zone. They're going to bring up all kinds of failings and everything. Why? Because God wants you to use your measure and, and we're in it. I, I'd like to say, I lived some years in my life where I'd like to say, I'd like to go to church, do my tithe, praise and worship, but do my own thing. But the trouble is, when you buy into this love thing with Jesus, you can't stay there. He pushes you into places that you don't want to be. He causes you to do things you don't necessarily want to do. Why? He's compacting you together. Why? There's a purpose for you. Yes, you're to, have a, to, to be loved by God. You're to be nurtured by God, and you're his best friend. Fine. But he, he knows that you are not going to be the most happy unless you're using your measure. You're using what God has portioned out to you, has caused you to, to be involved with. And, you know, you can go your own way. I can remember a few years, I pulled out of relationships. I just go to church. I did my tithe. I worked. And I was miserable. And sure enough, as God takes you around that mountain again, he brings another situation where you have to deal on those compacting incidences where God is pressing out your, your, your frustrations with knowing how to trust people and, and, and be in relationships. And I have to say, it's harder than ever in our society to trust people. There's more trust broken than ever before. More people have been broken in their families, broken in their relationships. So everything Satan is using is saying, hey, you ain't going to connect. You're not going to compact. You know what? You have a gift, and he tells you you have a gift, but you can do it on your own. You cannot do your gift on your own. It says right here in this verse that we are compacted together. That's how our measure works, that every joint supplies according to the effectual working of the measure, in the measure. Again, it's the working of the Holy Spirit, the working of grace, the working in the measure. But everything has to be connected. The circuit has to be closed. Right, Dave? Every joint supplies. Compacted definition, to drive together. Do you ever feel like God drive you together, drive you into a relationship? I know when God put me and Dory together, we were driven together, and we had to start working out our relationship. At the onset, it was going to be great, you know, getting married, but then all our stuff started coming up, and that's what made it hard, that compacting part. 
you know, you put your stuff in the compactor. I hate to be in the compactor because everything gets crushed. That's what it feels like sometimes in relationships. You know, you have this heart for God. You may have a heart for ministry, and then God starts working on you. Oh, do you have to do that? Don't get as scared of the compacting. God is working out something beautiful in your life. He's got a great purpose. There's a great um, measure inside of you that must be used. There are people who are going to die unless you use your measure. There are people who are not going to be connected with the Holy Spirit. They're not going to encounter God unless you're using your measure. Would the worship team come? I'll have to stop there at compacting. You know, words that go with compacting, affection, show, teach, impact, assuredly gather, have trust, be knit together, prove. Will you stand? You might be here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life. Maybe you've gone to church. Maybe you felt his love, but you've never signed on the dotted line. You've got to sign. You've got to say, Lord Jesus, you died for me. Today I'm making a personal. Come in. Save me. Let my spirit be born again because I believe you died for every sin I would ever commit. And I receive you today. Watch what happens. Let people pray for you. If you're in that, in that con- place, in that condition, you want to get saved, come up right now. Come out over on this side and people will pray with you. People will talk to you and make sure that you're saved. If you want prayer, if you feel like you, you're struggling about anything, maybe you're struggling because you're getting compacted, let people pray for you. If you're feeling like God is really moving on you and you want prayer because you know God wants you to use your measure, get people to pray with you. There's such impartation when people pray for you. There's such changes that happen when, when we come and, and let people pray for us. Now I'm just going to pray. Lord, I just lift up this congregation to you, and I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would continue to move, Lord, making them aware of their, that they have a measure, that they have a portion, that they have a greater purpose, Lord. Let them not have fear. Lord, take any fear off, and I pray that people would just understand where they're at. And if they're supposed to move, you'd help them move. And if they're not supposed to move, that they just enjoy the grace of where they're at, knowing that you are going to bring out that measure that you've put in them. In Jesus' name.